0: Hey Tom, remember the shows that we did when the world was normal, where we just talked about things that were in the almanac?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we had plenty of that to do. Uh, and it was so fun. It, it sure was. We constantly had new restaurants that were actually several months or years old, and we were getting updated on all of them. And
0: yeah, fun. yeah. But mainly, those uh, fun shows were about what was in the almanac for the day. And how uh, fun that could be! So, like, let's start. Let's let's do one just for fun today. Okay. Is frogs legs day? Frog what's legs day. what's yeah. the gourmet name for frogs legs?
1: It is uh, a name that you see on the menu at Antoine's. That's the only place I've ever seen it. Crapaudin, C R A P I D I. It doesn't sound very appealing. It doesn't. Does it? <laughs> And, uh, but anyway, that has been on their menu for quite a while, and they build it up in, in a distinctly French c- uh, cutting of everything. It's, in, in fact, more French than almost anything I've ever seen on any restaurant in America. Uh, so uh, a lot of the regular customers will go in there and get the frog there.
0: Now, it doesn't taste like chicken.
1: Oh, no, it never did, and it never will. If you want it to taste like chicken, go eat chicken. <laughs>
0: I think, that's, I think that's an excellent point, Tom, an excellent point. Yeah. So, uh, basically, I guess I could read what you say here about it. Frog's legs day. Most people turn up their noses at the idea, but if they've ever tried them, and they probably haven't, they would wonder what the problem was. Frog legs have a texture similar but lighter than chicken. There's no flavor affinity at all, no matter what you've heard, nor do they taste like fish. The only meat that reminds me of frog's legs is Alligator many species of frogs are harvested for their meat. Bullfrogs, whose legs can be larger than chicken wings, are the most common along the Gulf Coast. Most prized are the legs of smaller frogs from a genus known descriptively enough as edible frogs.
1: Mm. Well, uh, that is all true, and especially the interesting part about frogs having a strong flavor. That's not true at all. You, the, the frogs themselves are actually lighter. And, and, and That's what
0: you said. Yeah. So most of the ones that are available in stores are frozen, but if you find fresh ones, grab them a quart of buttermilk to use as a marinade. Is that because they need to be softened up?
1: That's one of the reasons, but uh, a lot of it is, I think, uh, put down for people who get a kick out of eating frog. It,
0: it's not something
1: you see very often.
0: Do you get a kick out of eating frogs?
1: I do, yeah. I, I think it's pretty delicious. You have to get them at a certain time of year, and you have to make sure you don't overcook it or, over, or undercook it, too, because that just makes it turn into a chip of some kind.
0: Doesn't sound appealing to me at all. No, Soapas. Sopas is your edible dictionary word for the day, but that is not to be confused with sopa right?
1: Sopa yes. Yeah. A sopa is, or can be.
0: A sopa pia is a ridiculous thing because it reminds me of what was that place, Ponchos, where you'd raise the flag to get one. Do you remember
1: that? Ponchos, yeah. If you get the, that coming out, then you get it.
0: Have you ever had a sopa that you liked?
1: Yeah, in fact, I said, Bosh, "Gosh, this is something other than a taco or a, a, uh, any of the other standard Mexican dishes, and this is one that's a little different."
0: Well, a sopapilla is not a sop,a that's what we are. That's what we're in your uh, edible dictionary today is actually a sop,a but it just when I hear sopa, it reminds me of sopapilla, and sopapillas never—they're basically beignets, aren't they? Uh,
1: sort of something like that. You can fry them, you can grill them, but more likely to fry.
0: So usually, I mean, (laughs) I want to make this clear. I didn't spend a lot of time in ponchos, but I did go a couple of times. I'm sure you went too, didn't you?
1: To, uh. We
0: probably went to ponchos with the kids. That sounds like something. they.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Ponchos was always uh, good, especially when there are a lot of, uh,
0: Kids. kids. Kids yeah, kids would love say, to raise makes, the flag, sure. They did,
1: yeah. and they very much yeah. did. Yeah.
0: Okay, so anyway, um, yes, uh, ponchos otherwise did not really move anyone, I guess. But um, but sopapillas were like beignets with honey, right? You could
1: make it that way. They are nice and sweet. They're crunchy around the edges. Uh, it's, uh, uh, is it the best way? Uh, probably not, but uh, we bring up everything we can think of.
0: And I think that there there was probably some kind of brown sugar or something on them too, wasn't there?
1: Very possibly there was. You never can tell where sugar is going to pop up.
0: <laughs> Everywhere, unfortunately. Okay, so a sopa though is actually kind of like a is that is that like an arepa?
1: Uh, kind of. I remember the first time I ever saw one of those was on a restaurant in on the way to uh, Abita Springs. Abita Springs, and they—that's uh, how they were made. They—they they had that really light uh, kind of quality to it, and and they they come out kind of circular, but they they have a texture and also a. a, a
0: they're concave, a, and then yeah. you fill it I, with I, stuff, right? I couldn't
1: think of that word, but that's exactly what
0: yeah. it is. Yeah, so you fill it with chicken, beef, beans, yeah. cheese, lettuce, cheese. tomatoes, or any combination of those, I mean, right? Just about anything, right. Away. And they're Right, and so they're like a sandwich. So, well, then how is it different from an arepa?
1: I guess you just go there and wait for one of them to denominate uh, <laughs> the rest of them.
0: No, I think of, um, I guess maybe one of them is, Honduran, maybe no, I think arepa, this is, I arepa. Think this is
1: definitely a uh, a Mexican dish. I may be wrong about that, but every time I've ever seen it, it was in such a place.
0: Okay, so today in 1867, there it is. Seward's folly. The deed for Seward's folly was ah. signed. That was when William Seward bought alaska for us Mm -hmm. and uh it it. of course of course and so it makes you think of what (laughs) i I knew when i put the mic there you were gonna go what of baked alaska
1: ah baked alaska baked alaska was invented in a restaurant uh i want to say it was the delmonico in new york city oh really yes and it was uh, not so much a great dish. I don't, I think, I, I do think that we all can agree with this. There's not much going on in a, in a frozen. Uh,
0: uh, well, a mediocre ice cream. I mean, whenever an ice cream is kind of yellow, I think of something that I I used to have to eat when I was a kid. It it uh, Vanilla ice cream to me should be vanilla.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, certainly the way to go.
0: Yeah, so I I automatically think of a sort of a subpar ice cream. And, of course, I'm not a huge fan of meringue to begin with, but you are.
1: Yeah, I love uh, meringue, and I love all the things you can do with it. But that uh, wonderful thing called a a baked Alaska, it shows up in some beautiful places. Sometimes it's just silly, Uh, but uh, oftentimes you can put it out there and make it uh, bake in the oven And you can write your name on it and all sorts of things.
0: Well, that's what they do at Antoine's.
1: That's what they do at Antoine's. They're famous for that. And I was very happy to have one of those on my birthday recently. And it was everything I remembered it being in the past. Except for one thing, their standard way of service is to put chocolate syrup all over the top. And most of the people who are listening to this right now are thinking, Mmm, boy, I love lots and lots of chocolate.
0: i'm glad you recognize finally tom that most of the people listening to this show are thinking exactly that except you want it and i want the just radio great except you you're the only one that doesn't want it okay now tom when it comes to the table at antoine's having been baked it looks like a football so is that is there something that they put on the meringue to make it like that
1: no, they can do it pretty much whatever they, way they want it. They get kind of an oval on top of the bottom plate, and then they take the, uh, all of the uh, meringue and do it with a, with a spatula and build it up to this kind of almost... Mountain. Uh, mountain uh, was uh, better than what I was thinking of doing. And uh, you could pile it up, then you run it uh, un- until it gets browned on the outside. By which time you can start getting the names and numbers right?
0: Yeah, that' you have to yeah. put on the outside of it. Anyway, That's Baked right. Alaska is what I think of when I think of the acquisition mm-hmm. of Alaska. Is that, do you think what it was named for when it was originated at was it? Do you think because Delmonico was such an old restaurant, yeah. do you think that it actually could have gone back to oh, that no. Very time? Grateful. It, well, if it was 1867, it's this, possible that Delmonico was there, was it? Probably not. Okay, but okay. They would
1: look at that and say, this is a good, clever thing. I mean, it makes you laugh a little bit. It's, it's an offbeat Well,
0: idea. Well, since Delmonico does go back to the very early 20th century, then there probably is yeah. some connection to it.
1: Probably so. Yeah.
0: Okay, so today... <clears throat> In Roman times was the festival of Salus, the goddess of health. How appropriate. Of help? Nope. No H-E-A-L-T-H. Health.
1: Yeah.
0: A okay. Greek name Hygienia.
1: Ah, that's a good one.
0: Or Hygia. Nice
1: clean that way.
0: Perfect kind of a topic for now. Don't you
1: think? Yeah, no, we love uh, nice, clean people. <laughs>
0: don't you agree? I, I think that's probably... True, Tom. I mm. think that's probably definitely well, I'm, true. I'm going for the good ones, you know, not the, the easy ones. Okay, Tom. This yeah. is something that you would really like for sure. Today is the feast day of Saint Kaidman, a cowherder in the six hundreds in England. Mm.
1: No, I, I wasn't alive just quite.
0: yet. N- no, but you don't. You don't look a day over that. Anyway. He should. Uh, you think that he should be named the patron saint of the singing waiter?
1: Hey, now there's something. Oh, write that down.
0: That's it. Okay. That's so, right on the nose. so the venerable bead—is that how you the say that? Bead, right, the wrote about him.
1: Hymns of all kinds for uh, over a long, long, long period of time.
0: Okay. Wherefore, being sometimes at feasts, when all agreed for glee's sake to sing in turn, he no sooner saw the harp come toward him than he rose up from the board and went homewards. Oh, Tom, that wouldn't be you. Once, when he had done this and gone from the feast to the stable, where he had that night charge of the cattle, he laid himself down to rest at the proper time, and there appeared to him in his sleep... One who said, greeting him by name, Codman, sing some song to me. And he said, I cannot sing. And for that reason, I left the feast and came hither because I could not sing. And then the person who talked to him said after, However that may be, you shall sing to me. And then he said, What shall I sing? And then I guess it was a she said, sing the beginning of created things. And then having received that answer, the abbey's cowherd began to sing verses which he had never heard before. Mm,
1: Well, that's something that's almost miraculous then, because that was caught up with one of the most uh, beautiful uh, songs that I've heard in a very long time.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So you have your people in... uh, your people who are born today, Alistair Cook, a host mm-hmm. of Masterpiece Theater, died today in 2004. I met him once. You did? Mm-hmm. Where?
1: At uh, UNO. Yeah. Really? He was in there to celebrate uh, the arrival of that very event, and uh, he was there. The, the He invited himself more or less with the people at. Uh,
0: I think Tom, that you might be thinking that he was there when, in 1981, British Airways came to New Orleans and did a route. Do you remember that? And you know, and you know who came? You know, we had him on the show. That that really obese guy who played in Who Is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe? What was his name? Robert No, it wasn't Robert Morley.
1: Was it Robert Morley? No, so that's not it.
0: No, that's not him. I think the guy's name was Morley. But do you remember that movie Who Is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe? Terrific
1: movie. (laughs) I love that movie.
0: You know, I I saw that movie for the first time and this was long before I met you. And I thought, that is so stupid. How in the world can anybody get that worked up over food? And then I met you, Tom. And then I met you.
1: How you like that, of all things? And
0: then I started meeting a lot of people. Through you, that could very well have been in that movie. And I thought, wow, there's a lot of people who do indeed get very worked up over food.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. See that?
0: But that movie goes back to the 70s because I know that that was in 1981 that they came. So maybe that's what, maybe that is why Alistair Cook was here. Could be. Because I know they had some famous Brits that came to launch that route. And he was one, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna have to look that up and find yeah, out exactly, like exactly <laughs> who that was. I, I want to say it was Robert Morley. That sounds perfectly right. to Yeah, me. I think it was. Maybe. But that was a, such a bizarre movie. And uh, anybody who listens to this show, if you've never seen that movie, uh, it, it's entertaining and and bizarre is the only word.
1: Hmm. It's,
0: it's about. Um, it's about a restaurant critic. Yeah, oh, yeah no. Robert Morley played a... Tom, do you remember that? Robert Morley was actually this enormously fat I mean, guy who was a restaurant.
1: There critic. were a few movies like that within the last so oh, ten last, years. Or
0: restaurant critics are never portrayed. They don't like they're never portrayed. The <laughs> they're never portrayed favorably. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Yeah. But the uh, the movie was actually uh, it was one of those whodunits, and the plot twist was. A surprise at the end, and then of course it did make perfect sense and then once I got to know you, I realized how much perfect sense it could make. but it was uh an interesting and fun kind of movie if you are into gourmet food uh, to any extensive degree. Your words to drink by today, tom there's nothing worse than an introspective drunk
1: oh, that's worse that you're right that's it <laughs> that's
0: it. <laughs> Actually, I think that would be pretty funny to to be with an introspective drunk. Yeah, that would be funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, it might give you some good lines. To, to
0: there speak. you go, I'm see? I was looking for those myself. There you go. Tom Sharp, an English writer born today in 1928. That is who that is who that is. What are you doing, Tom?
1: I'm getting this thing worked out of, you know, the leftovers.
0: Oh, I I thought that you were It sounds like you're trying to start some kind of um Oh, not me. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, that's uh, that's it. That's all we have for the almanac for today, just silliness.
1: Excellent work.
0: But, you know, silliness is fun. We need silliness, especially at a time like this.
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> We're just sitting out here on the deck. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The trees are blowing in the wind, which has kicked up a little bit. We are We are sitting contemplating which one of the trees is making a certain noise that I first uh-huh. thought was a woodpecker, but then it turned out to be a tree that is definitely stressed in some way. Mm-hmm. And any one of those could fall right on the house. Have so, what, have, you, have you heard that sound, Tom?
1: I have, but I've never been able to track it down. Yeah.
0: It's definitely a serious creek, and I'm not sure which one of those trees it is. I guess we'll find out when it falls on the house, but um, hopefully that won't happen, at least until this particular crisis is over. Anyway, folks, we'll be back tomorrow with some more silliness having to do with food. Enjoy your evening.
1: Good evening.